Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. Hello, Grace Harvest Church family. Pastor Doug here on this beautiful spring day, and I am so happy that you can join us for online church. I hope you're doing okay during this COVID-19 coronavirus lockdown. I know that I'm very sick of it. (laughs) Nevertheless, we are trying to figure out the best way to walk through it and to work through it, as you probably are. Um, I just want to thank you for joining us here today. I have a message for you from the Bible, and I'm hoping it's going to be a great encouragement to you. I felt like the Holy Spirit really spoke to me as I prepared it. And so I'd ask you to join me in prayer, and then we're going to get right into the message. And my message today is when everything is shaking, look to your God. When everything is shaking, look to your God. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I pray that you would be with us as we study the Bible, as we look at Psalm 46, and we we dig into what you have to say to us about uh, going through times of shaking. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us over and over that you are with us, that you are for us, and that ultimately, Lord, you're going to have your way, and your kingdom is going to spread in the earth, and you're going to be glorified. I ask you to anoint me with the power of your Holy Spirit to speak right now, and I pray that you would help everybody that's listening to be able to receive the message and to live it out in their own lives at home, and I thank you for it. We love you. We welcome your presence here right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Chris Gertz says this, I can imagine what the history books will say. There was a global pandemic caused by a virus. The number of infected people grew every day. Officials recommended frequent hand washing and quarantining of the sick. Several cities went so far as to ban public worship services and other public gatherings. In the end, the pandemic killed 50 million people, including 675,000 Americans. No, We are not describing the COVID-19 pandemic, but rather what is commonly known as the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918. Chris Gertz is a history professor at Bethel University, and he recently wrote an article about how churches and church leaders responded to that 1918 pandemic. This is what was reported in the local newspapers of 1918 during the Spanish flu pandemic. Listen to some of these headlines and some of the things written here. You will say, as I did, there is nothing new under the sun. Listen to this. Some pastors were creative and they led outdoor services or they encouraged home worship and they even encouraged people to read sermons that were published in newspapers. An interim pastor in San Francisco preached that many Christians had caused the pandemic as a result of being cowardly and worldly, and that only if they repented of their sins would they stop the spread of the virus. Does that sound familiar? 
At the other end of the spectrum, a Methodist pastor of that time wrote that the pandemic should convince intelligent Christians to trust science rather than seeking to tempt God to perform a miracle in bringing an end to it and the preservation of our health. <laughs> so he's on the opposite end. Some pastors refused to close their doors, held services in protest, and in at least one city, a pastor was arrested for refusing to cancel services. And lastly, in the Daily Telegram, a newspaper in Worcester, Massachusetts, they reported on how Christians were responding and they were responding with compassion. Women from three local churches were taking care of epidemic orphans. Those would be orphans that came about because their parents died in the epidemic. They not only gave food and clothing to these children, but they supplied them with plenty of healthful recreation and a little systematized instruction as well. And as you can see from what happened 102 years ago, there's really nothing new under the sun. Nothing has really changed. We have technology now, but really people respond on a broad spectrum. And that's what we're all experiencing. We live in a time of great shaking. Others before us have lived in times of great shaking too. Many before us have lived in much darker times with much greater suffering. COVID-19 and all of its economic and international consequences have shaken our lives. We're all experiencing upheaval in our daily lives and our daily routines. Today, I want to look at a psalm that gives us hope in the midst of these shaky times. I want to remind us that God is with us right now and that He will bring great joy to our lives if we'll turn to Him right in the midst of a time of shaking. So I want to look today at Psalm 46. Psalm 46, and if you're kind of new to the Bible or you're joining us today and you don't really have a history or a background in knowing the Bible, the book of Psalms is right about in the middle of the Bible. And we're going to look at Psalm 46. And um, these Psalms are actually parts of the Bible that are songs and prayers to be sung and prayed to God. And so I'm going to actually read to you from the new, excuse me, from the English Standard Version, my own Bible. And, and listen to what it says here. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters His voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. 
He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Wow, what a powerful psalm for the time that we live in. It really captures the heart of God and our response. In taking this psalm right now, I just want to break down some ideas, some principles that will bring us closer to God and help us get his perspective. As I've told you before, it's really important right now that we see clearly, that we recognize that the way that we look at things, that our perspective is so very important and will help to determine how we navigate these times. If we're seeing everything through an eye that is dark, if we're seeing everything through an eye of unbelief or fear or anxiety, not that we don't all experience those things at different times, but if we stay there and we make that our perspective, it will really hurt the way we respond. And so we want to respond as a people who trust God, who have hope in God and faith in God right now. So notice the first thing it says in that text. It says, God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. He's our shelter, our protection, and our trust. He's the only one in whom we can really be safe. He is our might and our strength. And what we have to see is when we look into the Old Testament from the New Testament and we look through the person of Jesus and we look through his cross, we look through his death on the cross, we look at his burial and we look at his resurrection and his ascension, one of the principles we see as we look back through the Bible at the psalm through the life of Jesus is that Jesus is our refuge and our strength. He's our ark. He's the one we hide in. He's the one that we can find safety in. He is our Savior. And Savior doesn't just mean he he rescues us from eternal damnation and brings us into heaven when we die. It means he is our Savior every day from sin and death, the spirit of the age that we live in, all the things that uh, that we face. He is our refuge and our strength. Secondly, he's a very present help in trouble. I love that term, a very present help in trouble. One Bible in the margin, it says, an abundantly available help. The New Living Translation says this, an always ready to help in times of trouble. That means God is available. God's ready to come to our aid in times of trouble. When we turn to him, he'll be there. This is so important right now because it's easy to think maybe God doesn't care. Or it's easy to think that, you know, God cares about other people that are really suffering. But you're sitting there at your house and maybe you're battling with depression. Or maybe you're experiencing anxiety or fear. Or maybe you think that God um, is somehow, he cares more about other people than he does about you. But I want to tell you something right now. As this text says, he is a very present help in trouble for you right now. Turn to him. 
Are you struggling with anxiety or fear? Are you struggling with how you're going to pay your bills? Are you struggling with a, a, a number of other things that may be on the list? Maybe you are even battling with some illnesses or some health-related issues. He's present, and he wants to be there for you. Call on him. And then because of that, the writer says this, Therefore, we will not fear. Now, I want you to notice the stand. We will. It's a choice of our will. We will not fear. And then he goes on to give a list of things. Even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with their swelling, though all these things happen, though the very earth is altered, removed, shaken, and disposed of, though the earth is shaking and the waters are roaring, though all those things are happening, the author is saying here, we will not fear. No matter what's happening, no matter what's shaking, how can this writer have this kind of confidence in God. Well, this writer has this kind of confidence in God because he knows God. You know, if there's ever been an opportunity for us to get to know God, it's right now. Some of you are home and you don't know what to do with your time. And you're getting bored just watching TV or spending hours a day on your phone. And you don't know what to do with your time. Maybe you need to go hide away in your room and get alone with God. Maybe you need to take a walk. Maybe you need to drive outside of town a couple of miles and go walk a road and go pour out your heart to God. See, he knew, the writer knew, that although all these things are happening, they didn't need to be afraid because their trust was in God, not in themselves, not in the government, but in God. And then the author says something interesting here. There's a little word that's inserted, and you see this word appear throughout the Psalms, and it's the word sila. And sila simply means this. Stop, pause, and think about what you just read. And, and it's, it's, it actually encourages us to do it with music. So if we were going to sila on what we just read here, there would be music playing. Somebody would be here with an acoustic guitar, They'd be playing some music right now. And we would be thinking about what we just read. And what did we just read? read? Well, what we just read was that God is our refuge and strength. That He's a very present help in trouble. And so we don't need to be afraid. Even though the earth is shaking and everything's happening around us. Selah. God's our refuge. God's our strength. No matter what's happening, God is our refuge and strength. And then the author says something that's really profound. In the middle of all this shaking, in the middle of the, the mountains and the ocean and the seas, you know, casting up their waters and roaring, the author says this, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. What does that mean? You know, throughout the Bible, we see this theme of the river. We see it in Genesis. There's a river that flowed through Eden and it broke into four rivers. We see a river in Ezekiel chapter 37. We see in the New Testament, Jesus says that if we believe in him and we trust in him, that out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. 
And most theologians agree that that river is symbolic of the Holy Spirit moving through the earth, bringing the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God throughout the ages, an ever-expanding, ever-growing river of God's spirit and God's kingdom coming to us. So what's the author saying? When everything's shaking, when everything's roaring, when things around you seem like they're unstable and you're looking to God to be your refuge, right in the middle of a time like that, God releases His Holy Spirit to flow through your life and bring the kingdom. And when the kingdom of God comes to us, it brings righteousness, peace, and joy. What do I mean by that? A sense of rightness with God and others. The peace of God that surpasses understanding. And joy. Do you know right now it's possible for you, right where you are, no matter what your circumstances are, it's possible for you to experience the river of God, the joy of God, right in the midst of the shaking. God wants to bring His river right into our lives and bring us a sense of joy. It says there's a river whose streams, that means the different tributaries that come off from it, make glad the city of God. Who, who is the city of God? The city of God in the New Testament is the church. What's the author saying? If we look back through the cross and we take the the New Testament work of Christ and we look to this particular text, the application for us is right in the middle of the shaking going on in the earth because of Christ and what He's done on the cross and His death and His poured out blood and Him reconciling us to God right in the middle of the struggles that we have going on in the world, God will bring joy to His church and joy to His people. And though the culture and the nations of the earth are shaking, we can have the joy of God. We can have the gladness of God come to our lives. And it says then that the holy habitation of the Most High God, that's the church. And and then it says something profound. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God's in the midst of us. He's in the midst of His church. All around the earth. And though Christians are even suffering, and some are dying as martyrs, and some are being persecuted and losing everything, though that is true, that does happen throughout the ages, in the midst of the church, even in the midst of the suffering church, there is great joy and great pleasure in God and gladness in God. And we won't be moved. We shall not be moved. Why? Because God is in the midst of her. Her is the church, the people of God. So say this with me. I know this can be kind of corny and maybe you're gathering with family right now, but say this with me out loud. God is in our midst. Come on, say it with me. God is in our midst. We will not be moved. We will not be moved. God is in our midst. We will not be moved. Amen. And then it says God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Sometimes it seems like God has forgotten us. And many of us have endured long nights, dark seasons. And how many of you know that the saying, it's often darkest just before the dawn, but God will help us at the break of dawn. You know, I know He's often the 11th hour God, but He'll help us at the break of dawn. If you remember, as we read last week, when Jesus rose from the dead, one of the things the Scripture says 
is at the break of day, on the first day of the week, he came out of the grave. Right as the new day was about to begin, the new day and the new creation, Jesus Christ rose from the dead and brought life, and he's still the God that comes at the break of dawn. Right when you think it's dark, listen, you hold on to the Lord and don't give up. It doesn't matter what circumstances look like. Listen, you might be out there and you're battling in a dark place right now. You're, you're in a place of depression. You might even feel like you're being closed in around you. I want to tell you, don't you give up. Don't turn away from God at this hour. Turn to God. Let him be your hope and your refuge. And also, let one of us know. Contact someone in the church. Contact staff. But don't give up. God is going to appear in our lives many times at the break of dawn. And then it says something profound. It says, the nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. What's that, what's that saying? Look, even though there is a river making glad the city of God, the people of God, the, the dwelling place of God, the nations are raging, that kingdoms are being moved, and we're seeing that right now. The nations of the earth are being moved, but in the middle of all that, God's speaking. He uttered His voice, and the earth melted. Listen, you might look around at the nations, even at our own nation. You might be looking at America or wondering what's going on with China, looking around the world, wondering about all the things that are happening. But in the midst of that, God's still speaking. And when he speaks, there's a fire to it. And it melts the earth, as it says here. His voice is over everything. And then the writer says, for the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He brings us back again. The Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. What's that mean? Jacob's name was turned to Israel. The same God who was with Israel through their hardships is with, is with us in the new covenant. We've been included in the covenant with God now. And the God who was with Jacob is, and was his refuge is our refuge. God is your refuge. And, and what is the term the Lord of hosts? The Lord of hosts means the Lord of armies. What's that telling us? God is fighting for his people in the midst of the nations raging, in the midst of all these things happening and the kingdoms being moved. God is with us and he's our refuge. And then once again, the author says, Selah. Stop and think about all of this. God's still our refuge. He's still with us. This river is in our midst. The nations are shaking. All of this is going on. But there's still gladness and joy and a God who's with us and a God who is our refuge. So stop and think about those things. You know, Paul told us in Philippians, right? Whatsoever things are lovely and pure and of a good report, think on these things. Why did he tell us that? Because he lived in a fearful time. And he knew his people that he was giving input into in the churches lived in a fearful time. And what was his answer? Think on those things which are beautiful and of good report and praiseworthy and lovely. Those things. Well, well we need to sila. We need to stop and think about the fact that God is with us and he's our refuge and our shelter. And then the writer says this. Come Behold the works of the Lord. And he starts to talk about the awesome power and sovereign rule of God over creation. And he says he makes desolations in the earth. God has the power to just go and wipe stuff out that's evil. And he makes wars to cease. God can bring an end to wars. 
And I've seen it in my lifetime. He can bring an end to wars quickly. He can break the bow and cut the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. What's that saying? God's saying, listen, mankind can come up with all of its plans and they can wage war and trust in their militaries and trust in their power. But the bottom line is if I come on the scene and I speak, me in my power, I can bring an end to all of that stuff. I'm over it all. I'm the almighty, all-powerful, good God. And it lets us know that all the nations of the earth are going to be judged by this righteous and upright God. And so then what's the answer? We've looked at all of that. We've heard all of that. We're looking at what's happening in the earth. And then we see this mighty, awesome, powerful God who said, I'm with you. And I can speak and melt the earth. That God is with us. And then what's the answer? Be still and know that I am God. Now in some ways right there, God is speaking to all the nations that are raging. It says they're raging. So what's God's answer to them? Be quiet. Be quiet, all you nations. But also to the church, to the people of God who have that river making us glad to the people of God, it's be still and know I am God. What's he saying? Stop all the listening to the voices. Stop all of the fear and anxiety. Stop looking here and looking there and listening to this and listening to that. Stop it all and be still. And then you'll know I'm God. Sometimes we just need to shut up. Sometimes we just need to calm ourselves. Sometimes we just need to come into the presence of God and look up and say, God, you are and there's none else. Be still and know that I'm God. You know, God wants to fill you with his presence right now. God wants you to experience him. He wants you to taste and see that he's good. He wants you to know that he's real. He wants you to know that he's for you not against you. Be still and know that I am God. And then he says this, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I'll be exalted in the midst of COVID-19. I will two times. He means it. He, the ultimate purpose of God in all these things is that he would be exalted. And he ends by saying, the writer says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He says it again. God's with you. God's your refuge. Look to him. Hide in him. Find shelter in him. And then he ends with Selah. <laughs> Think about it. He ends the entire chapter with be quiet. Put on a little bit of instrumental music and think about this. The ultimate truth to think on is that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. That he's with us that he's bringing a river into our life and filling us with his presence, that he wants us to be still and know that he's God, that he's a God that we can trust. So in closing, I just want to ask you something. Are you afraid? Are you filled with anxiety right now? Are you struggling with the shaking going on around you? Now is the time to turn to Jesus Christ, to find him as your refuge, to find out that he's your help in times of trouble. Now is the time to ask him, Lord, bring that river that brings gladness into my life. 
He wants to protect us. Yes, he wants to watch over us. He wants to bring blessing in the midst of the darkness. He wants to do something that makes our relationship with him unique. He wants us to be a testimony to our neighbors that we're not filled with the same anxiety and fears that they are. And we're not trying to go out and manipulate this world to do what we want it to do, but that we're trusting God. And we're trusting the river of God in the midst of this time. You know, I want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, I want to appeal to you. Turn to Christ. He took your sin on the cross. He bore it all on the cross. He took your judgment. He died your death, and he made it possible for you to have eternal life. If you would just turn to him and repent, that means turn away from your sin. Turn to God and trust God to take your sin for you through Jesus Christ. He wants to forgive you, love you, bring you into his family. It's a new day. Let's turn to God today. Let's make him our refuge. Pray with me, church. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray for anyone out there that's struggling with anxiety or fear that doesn't at this moment know what to do with the future. I pray for all my brothers and sisters that you would fill them with trust in you, that you'd fill them with hope in you that they would realize that you are a very present help in times of need, in times of trouble, that you bring a river that brings gladness to your people, that you are with us, that you are our refuge, that we can trust you, that if God be for us, who can be against us? Lord, I ask you now, let my brothers and my sisters experience your righteousness, your peace, and your joy in the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and give you peace. Go with God, he goes with you.